Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I said the crazy has taken over in this quarantine, so you never know what's going to actually come out. It takes a pandemic. Okay, you fill in the rest. For instance, it takes a pandemic for me to finally clean out my desk. It takes a pandemic to start reading that pile of New Yorkers. Uh, It takes a pandemic for me to finally learn to bake. Well, for audiences of live performance, it takes a pandemic to cherish our actors and musicians. With our great jazz venues and theaters closed, live performance has stopped. But actors and musicians continue to create. They have to. It's who they are. For this Hunker Down podcast, I talk with these artists who perform for a living about how social distancing is affecting their work now and when this is all over. About their dedication to the art of live performance. Zoe Anastasiou is Greek, Australian, British, and Yuzian. That's American. Born in London, educated in England. At 18, Zoe came to the U.S. for her undergraduate and graduate studies in acting, and now is a working actor living in New York City. She works in theater, film, and TV, and does voiceover. And Zoe is a 365 blogger. We'll talk about that when we have our conversation. And as she writes in her website, quote, the icing on top of the cake is she's a mum in denial. That is, she abbreviates it M-I-D. So, uh, Zoe Anastasiou, thank you very much for joining us today on Hunkered Down. We're about two and a half weeks into hunkering down in New York City. Uh, and where, right. where, where Where are you now? I'm actually out in Queens in a little town called Briarwood. Um, it's close to Jamaica and Kew Gardens area, that sort of little blip. Is it hit hard in that area? You know, they just released this uh, map by zip code. Did you see that? And apparently my no. zip code's been hit pretty hard. Um, I can imagine there are a lot of elderly around here and a lot of foreigners and uh-huh. families. So I haven't been out, to be honest. I have two very young kids, a seven-year-old and a one-year-old. So I have to now become a teacher and homeschool all day. Um, so being out, I haven't seen many people outside. It looks like it's pretty deserted. That's for sure. Uh, so you have you have two kids with you now. You have two children. I you, do. You look like a kid yourself. What? Uh, no, that's very. I look terrible right now, but that's okay. <laughs> well, not really. And I think you. Look, I don't mind. I'm at home. Fine. Who cares? Yeah, you are. You are. And uh, I, I I teach online, but I I put on a shirt. See, there you there, go. There you go. And this I'm is not in my pajamas. That's good. <laughs> that's that, that, that's excellent. I I um, thought that we would uh, talk a bit about your um, kind of like other things about your life, and maybe yes, get sure. into what how this is, uh, and then get into your performance, and then how uh, this uh, pandemic has affected you as a as a performer. All right. Yes. Um, from from what I can see, you're still doing a lot of a lot of stuff. 
but I'm sure it's... Well, that is, that's the joke, I find, that it's... Uh, apparently, again, I don't know, I'm busy for some reason, which this, this is the time to reset, I would imagine, and it would yeah. be a great opportunity. But there are a million people throwing projects left, right, and center, and I think it makes you feel a little bit like you have to do a lot. Yeah, and I, I like to get to that idea of, yeah. of uh, busy, not busy, because, um, and the idea that I hear everyone say, well, I'm going to read my book now. That book I've always wanted to read. I'm going to get the New Yorker, and I'm finally going to open it up and right, see what right. went on three years ago. Um, <laughs> oh, they're going to catch up from that long? They okay, catch well, up from, oh, God, I've got I've got a bunch, I, I just never read it. But no time to do that. But let's talk about that later. I wanted to get yeah. into a little bit of, of your life. You are um, Australian... <laughs> You're yes. British, yes. Greek, and yep. you're a Usian. I use the term Usian instead of American. That's that's what mo- most people call American. Uh, but okay. right. you know, people from Mexico are Americans too. So I'm trying to get the that's term. That's a good idea. I've never heard that. That's a clever idea. Yeah, yep. it's, uh, actually, Chris and I came up with that. Chris Brandt and I. Ah, uh, well, um, Chris and you together make magic. <laughs> And and I can hear it in your voice. You're 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 all that you're all that stuff. Um, how did you get to the United States in like fourteen words? Um, fourteen words. And I just used words. Yeah. I uh, uh, I basically I've I've come to America all my life. I used to be a ski racer, so I used to race in Colorado. But all my family have had some sort of education in the states. Wow. So it was natural that I would come. Yeah. You were an alpine skier. I, mean, I was. I was a downhill skier for Greece, and I went to a boarding school in England, so I raced for them in Europe as well. I mean, I don't know. We all got thrown into skiing and ping pong. I don't know where we got this talent from, but we all, from my family, can play ping pong and ski. How, how many alpine ski slopes are there in Greece? Actually, there's a lot more. There's none in England. In England, you have to train on dry slope skiing. It's almost like skiing on a welcome mat, although that's pretty hard. So if you can do that, you're prepared. But there, in Greece, there are some mountains. They get snow. It's not the greatest, but right. there are mountains. Yeah. And you were in the Olympics? I was not. Um, I would have loved to go to the Olympics. I, I went to college, basically, instead. Um, I and I knew I always wanted to be an actor. So for me, if anything got in the way of that, it wouldn't it wouldn't fly. So skiing and acting, not really. It, it clashed a bit, but it was more of a. I thought I could do everything, which I think I can. I think we all can. But uh, you don't sleep, which is fine. But I think that um, being in the theater all night, especially because I was on stage a lot, and then having to be in training, clashed with the schedules of classes, and I automatically went to acting. Wow. That was it. Ping pong, alpine skiing, and acting. <laughs> I know. And so you started acting yeah. at a very young age. Yeah, my dad says because I'm Greek, it was born inside. But yeah, I know I've been acting for, forever. And your Actually, parents are they in, are they in uh, in the arts? No, my dad's in shipping, and my mom. Actually, my mom was an interior designer, so there is the design, and they're very dramatic people. So right. My mom's Australian, and my dad's Greek. That's where the the mix came. Right. And then I was born in London, so and educated there. I came across an Anastasiu uh, that's a designer. That's not your... No, I, there are a few Anastasius now. Uh, no, that's not, uh, that's not my mom. Yeah. Okay, okay, great. You are a mom, um, an M-I-D. A mom, mom in denial. Mom in denial. I, I, I picked it up and I sent back an email saying, uh, I'm an O-M-I-D, an old man in denial. Uh, I loved that. That was great. <laughs> I'm constantly in denial about that. 
it's it's a surprise when you when you get old. It's like oh oh look at that. What um, is old? You're not old. It's fine. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just uh, yeah, sometimes you, sometimes you are. Sometimes you're not. You're also a three. <laughs> you're also a three hundred three six five blogger. Yeah, and I sort of came up with this term. I call myself a three six fiver or a three six five blogger, but um, and it's been going on for eight years, which is insane. I Wait lost eight years of my life. Eight years. <laughs> All right, describe. Eight. This is my eighth year. All right, describe. Oh, okay, so that's eight times <laughs> three, six, five. I mean, that's 24, 26, I know, I'm like, I'll let you do that. Yeah. That's fine. I'll have a sip of coffee. And do you actually have a three, six, five on your ankle? I do. I tattooed it as one of my crazy blog videos back it's, in the day. Um, it's a it's very attractive font. Um, I may, I may put it into our, <laughs> into my notes. Uh, if, if you don't, if you don't mind. No, of course. Um, yeah. So talk about 365, what inspired you to do it. This is quite interesting because it's something you can do when you're hunkered down. I mean, this is why, I'm. yes, I'm actually doing it every day cause, because I have to, but also because it's been going on. And it is a great way to do it with social media and stuff. It's right here. So everyone do it. No, don't do it. It's All right. Now tell us what it is. Um, yeah. So I don't know how I fell into this. All I can tell you is that seven years ago, I I had this idea that I wanted to... Um, I guess I wanted to dance. I dance every day to a song. I think it's great. I think everyone should do it. Not to, you know, not to lose weight, not to, to make yourself happy. Just put on one song and dance. And I thought that would be a great I love thing to it. live stream. Yeah, I love it. So what, what is your, what is your favorite? Well, I was say, what is your favorite piece of music that you dance to? Because my wife oh, and I, I'm, we're going to do this. Maybe we'll, we won't video, but we'll dance. Just the idea of dancing. <laughs> I mean, it does give you, it, it's a weird, lovely feeling to just do it. Just for a no bounce. Reason. Right. Yeah. Are you a particularly good, um, get, good dancer? I, people think I can, I can, I, I'm more of a, which is really funny, but I call myself the Euro trash girl because ah. I am a Euro techno dancer. I'm, I'm a girl that drinks tequila and dances on the bar. Lovely. I, I, I yeah. love it. I, I, and sometime we've got to do a bar crawl radio when we can go out to a bar and Oh, have you actually dance at a bar on the bar? Yes. I've never seen anyone I will do, do that it. For you. And with you, I will do it with you. I think that would be great. Dancing on the bar, that would be fantastic. Okay, so 365 days a year. So every day, you. So it became like yeah. I decided to do one year, and I wanted to live stream this dancing. But then I realized that I would have copyright issues, right? So I couldn't have every song every day, and I had to be a new song. Mm. So I wanted to do it for me. And the silly thing is that I should have just done that—just one dance for a whole year. But I have a problem with um, going to the extreme. So I decided to do 12 criteria that I had to do every day. Just completely random. Like stupid things. Like I wasn't allowed to sit on the subway. I was. I had to go on my tiptoes every time I crossed under the bridge because I lived in Queens, right? So every time we went under, I had to go on my tiptoes. I had to write a physical blog, like a blog entry, um, video something. I can't even remember what they all were. They were all, there was just 12 things I had to do every day. Eat, eat well, I think was one. I was trying to hit every element of life, like do the creative, do the physical, do the food, all of this stuff. And then seven days into it, it was seven or nine days into I'd started it, I realized that I was pregnant and I should have stopped, <laughs> but I didn't. So I continued on. I don't know how I made it through. I was doing, oh yeah, push-ups and sit-ups was a criteria. I was literally giving birth and doing push-ups in the hospital because I felt like I had to do it. Um, my family hated me. They still hate me. Uh, but they- um, Why? Why do they I hate you? That my, 
Why did no, it's crazy. It's a crazy. I don't know why. I don't know why I continue. It was like a challenge. I'm a challenge girl. That's really what it comes down to. It sounds like you're so also a bit, a bit obsessive too. Maybe, maybe. I, when I set my mind to something, I, I definitely try and make it work. Um, but yeah, I, did, I my blog became sort of like a pregnancy blog because I people really liked the idea that the written element to it um, was honest. Like they all, they wanted to know that I was in denial and I didn't understand what was happening. And, and so when I finished it, I made it and I thought, oh my goodness, I made it. And I got an influx of people asking me to tell me what my next year would be. Wow. And I didn't do this to get followers or money or anything. I did this for me. Um, and the only problem with my blog is that it goes to multiple sites. So I can't track how many people are, are listening or watching. So that's, that was a mistake because I didn't set out to do this right. Um, but I didn't realize people actually cared. And so then I felt this pressure to do another year and I didn't want to do the same. So it became a blog where each year I would change the theme, video every day or do an element every day. And I can't stop because I'm on year eight. <laughs> Did, I tried to stop and I can't stop. That's amazing. Did you, year eight? 365 times eight. I mean, I was trying to figure out, but that's... Yeah, that's how many videos I have on YouTube owns my life. I need to somehow save these videos. And the video, yeah, because they, I guess they have the rights to the videos. They could, they could take them all, yeah. Which and, I don't care. And you don't commercialize it or it's just something you, know, it's, you do. I mean, back in the day you could, like they, YouTube is hard because you've got to have a lot of followers to make any money. And the money's really low. Unless you're in the millions of views and subscribers, forget it. But I never set out to do that. But it's just silly because if I had, I could have funneled it into one area. Right. Before this all started, it was before YouTube and all that became big. Any of us could become a 365 blogger. Yeah. How long does it yeah, take for you to actually to actually do one of your modules, one of your segments how long does it take for you to do it have um, you done yours today I yet i try to keep them short um i my my issue is that because you have to do this every day i don't want to edit i don't want to redo it i don't want to i actually what makes me different i think than other people who try to do lots of videos is that i don't care enough maybe or i try to be as me as me and because it's just really me on it i will do a one take you know it's like a reality it's like an insert into what i'm doing for the day so i might have an idea of what i'm doing which i probably should and if it goes wrong it goes wrong or if it doesn't work or if it's somebody comes into my shot i'll hardly ever do it again cuz i just don't have time oh <laughs> I don't no the, time. The, i know the editing is just it takes a ridiculous no, amount just, i i yeah, probably spend an, yeah. entirely too much time on the on the editing of this of and anything i, love I do editing. I, I, I do too, but it, it does take time. One shot. Like, I know I, I sound obsessive and crazy, but when it comes down to things like that, I actually like do it. It's like when I write an email, I can't, I don't have time to reread it. So I just send it. It's all just like, that, go. That could be dangerous, Zoe. Very. Very. Those, those, <laughs> those don't look at my emails and just send it. That's gotten me into trouble. I don't know about you. I know. Maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> So you also you 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 also do I I mean I I watch some of them they're usually about four or five minutes long they can include a yeah the shorter the better I I wish that because you know our attention span is very low but sometimes (laughs) they go on a bit longer right and I'm so you do monologues I've seen you kind of just you have like a a character you have a character Um, you want to try out and you and you do it. I do actually. This has. It's funny because people think I'm insane, but this has brought me auditions. People like all my materials online, so they can see it. And you know, they, I do do a bunch of different characters. I do a lot of. I, I do a lot of dialects, not just because I'm foreign, but for some reason I can 
do them and I teach them to people if they want help. Um, so I love doing voices and different people and, and being that multiple personality. So this is a chance to do it. Okay, for the rest of the uh, interview uh, conversation, you have to be American. You have to be UCI. No, I don't want to be American. All right, then don't no, be American. Okay, no. that's, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of boring. The one I really liked was the one with your, when one of your kids was a baby. Maybe it's the one that's a baby yeah. now. And uh, one in, in which you were trying to get her or him to do something, and you kept saying tequila. Oh, yeah. I was trying to see if it would. I would. The what he does not. He's now one. It's the new one. Okay. He won't listen to the word no. So I thought maybe let's try the word tequila and see if that would do anything. And it didn't. It didn't, right? <laughs> what unusual child does not listen to no? Huh. He, it's a joke. He turns around, he gives a funny smile, and he continues to do it. I don't know where he got that from. I don't know where. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm beginning to have a theory about that. And the other one was one of your kids you had put into the washing machine, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, I got in trouble. Well, not in trouble, but you can imagine the comments uh -huh. from people. And they I were know. fighting each other. You know, like, she's a bad mother. Or, no, she's just doing this as a joke. Like, it was insane. Yeah. I mean, I, my mind is going, the, the, like, the lid <laughs> accidentally shuts and you turn it on. It's like, oh, no, 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 I'm no. not going to put my baby in the wheel know, on the washing I machine. Know. I'm just saying what you think, <laughs> the things that no, jump into your head. Let's I talk, know. Let's talk about your acting. Um, you, yeah. uh, you've been an actor your whole life. I, I noticed that you've done uh, theater all over the place. Let's start. Where did you get your training? I went to school in England all the way until I was 18. So I did what we called A-level GCSEs in England. And mm -hmm. then I came to Middlebury College in Vermont, got my BA in acting mm -hmm. or theater, mm -hmm. um, actually with psychology, because I, I doubled because I actually think that we should all know a lot about psychology if we're going to be an actor. That's and a very interesting I idea. I noticed that you yeah. had, had that. Was it a minor or a double major? No, it was a, it was a mistake because it was a lot of work. But it was it yeah. was a double major. Yeah, major in psychology and a major in theater. Yeah. And, and, and can you just briefly, how do you use psychology in thinking about a character? I I think it's um, I think it's more of an unconscious thing to be honest. Uh -huh. I think it was nice to research and know what people or humanity is like, the patterns. I know we're all different and it's impossible, but it is nice to get a sense of what material is out there, what case studies are out there. And then when you take on a character, you have all this information that you can use. I mean it's it's just it's just broadening the tools in our box. That's all. I, I so can, I think everyone should take it. I can totally see that as as I I I'd studied acting in my early life, couldn't make a go of it. And so I'm oh I'm I'm so respectful There's always of, time. Yeah, well maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm so respectful of people like you and like Joel Bernstein and who've kind of made a career of it. Chris has not made a career of it. He's like me. He's a college professor. Yeah, he does, right. he does other things. But to actually do it, I had so much respect. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk to actors, because I sort of understand it yeah. um, because I, I've done it. But I, uh, I know how difficult it is. But the idea of having a psychological perspective and realizing yeah. that, that, char that we're all have a, there's a psychology to each person I think would broaden and your understanding. I think even it can't if hurt you. Yeah. I mean, it's just another way to open you up, I think. I mean, I don't want to get too heady. That's some things that we all fall into. Yeah. So it's difficult. You've got to be able to, you know, let it go in the moment. And I think yeah. actually people like Joel and I are similar in that, that we may be very intellectualizing things and then we have the ability to be in the moment. That, I think, is something that is powerful. And so why not have more tools 
to use. Yeah, I talked to uh, Joel just uh, a couple of days ago for this Hunker Down podcast, and he talked about how initially he was thinking about becoming a professor. I could sort of see that. It kind of looks like a professor, you know, in, <laughs> in, in a way. You could certainly play a professor. You played at the Shakespeare Globe. I did. I did. When, when were yes, you, and lovely. what was that experience? I, I visited it with my family many, many years ago and, like, uh, you know, went around, went underneath, saw it was kind of held oh, it's up. It's lovely, isn't it? It's an yeah. amazing place, and it looks just like, I assume, it was when... Shakespeare was was playing uh, there. So what was the play that you were in? What was it like being on that stage? I, um, I was involved in my boarding school, actually, was doing a uh, uh, sort of a celebration of how many years they'd been in power, as I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the head of drama is a very good friend of mine. She's a very good professional director. And so she wanted to insert pieces in this, in this Globe Festival uh, from alumni, but also professional actors. And so she asked me to do it. And I was uh, recently working with the wonderful and talented Eve Best. And she and I became friends. And we had done a piece here in New York at the Players Club of uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. And because she's really tall, she played Helena. And I'm really short. I played Hermia. So it was great. So I'd always had it in my head that that would be a a crazy piece for me to redo, especially in the Globe. So I loved working. And she... she, um, she used the whole space in her directing that I could use all the audience down in the in the the, in the, the stacks and then up and yeah and then up and then around the columns and had the freedom to do such physical um, you know have the, the the freedom to do such amazing work physically and that was brilliant I loved that so that was really such a treat and, and do, do you remember your voice in that space I mean it's open at the top right oh and it's funny because yeah it's 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 interesting to know that you really do have to keep up with your craft because I've been used to a lot of black box theater uh, in New York and yes and I I naturally do resonate and naturally do speak to like I'm speaking to millions but when you're actually in that space and you're outside then you're competing with Heathrow's planes flying overhead right which is another issue um and you know the people chatter you're you know it's it's a big space and then you also have to cock your head back because it's so high up to the top to make sure you've included everybody it really does strain your voice and you have to be careful right and because yeah, you have to come up with uh, justifications for looking up that high yeah you've got to be like that's why i'm up there i'm talking, I'm, to I'm looking, yeah, up there. I'm looking talking to that bird up there yeah <laughs> right, yeah exactly. the, the plane's going overhead i i i um I have that's another insane. thing I do with um, Nicholas Martin Smith, who runs the Hudson Warehouse, and they perform out okay. by the Soldiers and Sailors Monument up here on the Upper West Side, and helicopters are going over all the time. And it's yeah. almost like they pick when they're doing their plays to go over. It's very, it's <laughs> maddening. It's it maddening. <laughs> it, you know, but you get a part of it. You also played at the Old Vic. Uh, You've played in Dublin. Many, many New yeah. York City theaters, the Medicine Show Theater, with where Chris Brandt and our, our mutual friend ha- has worked. Yeah. And at the Olney Theater in Maryland, I only br- I bring that out because my sister lives right down the road in Rockville. And we, oh, I used to live in Rockville. I love Rockville. Yeah, it's nice. She's in the suburbs place. I mean, I don't think I could live in the suburbs, but it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> but I, we, we pass the Olney Theater all the time, and I've, I've, never, I've never been in it. You've also done film. 
and you're now appearing on Jack Ryan television show. Oh, very tiny, tiny role. But okay, yes. <laughs> so it's not going to repeat. This is the custom officer no, in season two. I know. If they go back through Heathrow, maybe, but you know, probably not. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm sorry, I didn't. I yeah, didn't, they, they recreated Heathrow. It's it's amazing how they did it, but they recreated Heathrow. It was cheaper for Amazon to recreate Heathrow in New York, but it looked absolutely perfect. Isn't that amazing? I work at I John Jay College, and they do films there in the new building. Yes, and, that's and, right. And they create airport scenes in in the uh, in the uh, atrium area of the of the new it's a building. Beautiful building. They do a lot of my husband used to he's a lighting designer and lighting electrician. He used to be the head of of lighting at John Jay for the theater, Gerald Lynch. Oh, what's his name? Cuz I've I've I've, Stuart I've done Burgess. theater. Stuart Burgess. I mean, I've British. done he's very I, British. Yeah. I've done theater in, at the at the Lynch um as as a director many 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 years ago. Where are you now as an actor? What are you doing now now that you're hunkered down? You said you're busy. You said you're really yeah. busy. Yeah, the joke is that it's there's there's no quiet in quarantine. Everyone seems around <laughs> me seems to either take the approach that it's time to reset. This is a time to, you know, we've been running and running and running, especially as actors or directors or anyone in this profession, of chasing this and doing this. And then all of a sudden we've been given this gift to have time. And I look at them virtually and say, wait a minute, how do they have time and I don't have time? And I know I'm a natural yes girl. I have the, a problem of, of, oh, I have this slot in my schedule. I can do it. And so I take on too much. So this would be a great time to say no. And I've absolutely said no. But I have to homeschool. So we have homeschooling all day for my seven-year-old. Um, or not, you know, through the, with the teachers. But also I have to do my 365 blog, which is fine. That's normal. Say that again. And then there's a bunch. I have to do my 365 blog, which exactly. is normal. So right. that's fine. That takes a couple of minutes. That's fine. But I, um, before we started this whole movie-like pandemic, I, I was involved with a few new pieces who were in development processes. And so now they're asking for readings and looking at rewrites. And actually, that can be done in isolation because we're just doing it through Zoom or I am reading the script or, you know, whatever they need. Um we have done some public recordings of new pieces. Um, I don't think this is a great medium. I think people are going a little bit crazy. They think that they have to do stuff. Uh, and so they're pushing and pushing. And this is wrong because this is the wrong medium. It's the wrong sound. You can't do a live reading well. It's destroying the pieces, really, because you can't get a sense of what's what the piece needs in this medium. So I think they need to stop doing that, really, and wait. Right, right. Um, I, I know that Actors' Equity had stopped a performance. Yes, I saw that. The Red Bull. I just got forwarded that email yesterday um, because there is, there's no. This is like a gray area, so that I don't think anyone realizes what's right and what's wrong and what's in contract. But your statement that this is the wrong medium to do a performance in which, you know, you're there and the other actors is someplace else, and then you've got all these screens that are up there, and you're looking and you're trying to feed off of each other. Uh, yeah. which actors do, I mean, doesn't work, does it? No, I mean, you and I right now, since I know we have our video element on, I feel like we could react to each other. I think the issue is when you have more than two and you have split screens, and then as soon as you the, the voice from somebody else starts, it takes over that audio. And so if you hit the mic by mistake or there's background noise, like you all have to be in headsets then because, and nobody is because nobody has, you know, nobody has been preparing for this so nobody does that 
but I don't think it's right. I think there's too much delay. The pacing is off. It's very hard to react in the moment in this. I think so. I, I, and the sound is not that great. I mean, it's no. okay. It's it's okay. And it's for a podcast, it's fine, because it's really about the conversation. Right. And we, right. But when you get to performance, I mean, you want something that you, you're not bothered by the clicks and the sirens that I'm hearing outside the window. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind all that. I think it's more of just the, the basic relationship. It's very difficult for us to interact the way that we should or give it justice. And it's a challenge. We can try and we can try to make that part of it. But I think that that's silly because it's it's ruining the piece that it's trying to create. All right. So we use this time to start new work. To... Yeah, I'm involved with a podcast that's been accepted. Well, actually, that, now they're an audio drama. Um, uh, they were accepted into the DC Fringe in July. And because we're an audio drama, this was our medium anyway. So that we're rehearsing because that can go on. Like we record separately from Skype. Mm -hmm. This festival would be us live recording together. So yeah, a different element. But we're doing rehearsals as we would normally do. That's yep. fine. Yep. I think it's it's the the issues with the the trying to do live theater through Zoom or Skype. Right. Nope. I, I I get you. I mean, people are finding a way. Musicians are finding a way to use click track and and record mm -hmm. together. Uh, record together by not being together. Yeah. So I think we're 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 at the time when you're going to be doing your Skype performance of a couple yeah. pieces of poetry that you said you wrote. Uh, yeah, so I, I used to write poetry. Um, one of my blog, actually, one of my blogs, one of the years of those 365 blogs was a poem a day, but I couldn't, it was too many to sort through. So I just got inspired by this week, which is funny that you asked for something because I got inspired by chatting to people who felt like they had to do everything. Um, and I see a lot of these pieces being released in the New Yorker and, and the New York Times of... You don't have to write the next best novel, so just relax. Um, so I think I was ahead of the game, but I didn't get this out in time. Anyway, but I do have a funny one. So I did one. I was inspired yesterday to write a funny one if you want me to read that for you. Okay, it's called My Balls Up in the Air. Right on cue, 3 a.m. on the dot. I'm up. I'm at it, checking for a de food delivery slot. Doze check. Doze check again from bed. What's more important? Sleep or getting the family fed? Coffee me, breakfast them, get the seven-year-old signed in. Math, English, science, Greek, assignments laid out, let's begin. Question, mummy. Pause, parents, how are you today? Learning's changed, let's Google that. Back to Greece for the CNN COVID replay. Smiling and nodding while typing and responding. Laptop, desktop, WhatsApp. Baby on my lap for some grandparent distraction and bonding. Lunch. If I'm lucky, even on the loo, I get visitors. No quiet in quarantine with my other three prisoners. Back at it, as teacher pings with more to do. Prepping for tomorrow's Zoom rehearsal, peapod delivery by two. Home all day, yet my youngest clings to me, like I've abandoned him with my closed door and left him with monster daddy. Make a mask, thanks to good old how-to on YouTube. Contactless signing for meds in my lobby and a nod to not seem too rude. Trash down the chute, diapers too, since I'm already decked out in my gear. Wash my hands, sing a song. Sun is counting 20 seconds in my ear. Master chef dinner. Hubby does help. More than just open the wine. Spent more time with hubby in our first hour quarantine than I had since 2009. Pick up thrown food, toys, make the bottles, one to his cot, Mario Kart, family games. From my blog, a tequila shot. Oh, to asleep. 
The boys in the house are drifting away. Do my self-tape audition, record my voiceover. Showers are overrated, I say. It's just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat anyway. Huh, I guess I learned to juggle and join the circus, adding that to my resume. I turned my sound on because I didn't want to laugh during that. That was that was that was terrific. So so just just a couple of songs. What song do you sing when you're washing your hands? Um, we don't. We do like a one Mississippi song. We just, like it's for me and the little child. Okay. Yeah, we don't. We're like one Mississippi. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I did make a tequila blog song actually to wash our hands. That was uh, interesting. Can you do it for us? Oh, I don't even. I have to. I would have to look it up. I don't even know the. Oh, oh wait, okay. You, no, I can. It's on one of my blogs, but if you want me to, well, I can find it. But it, I don't know it by heart. So it is on one of your blogs. Could you send me the link? I'll play it to finish <laughs> this up, if that's if that's okay, okay with you. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Zoe Anastasio, thank you so much for coming on and appearing in your Skype version on uh, Hunker Down. It was great talking with you. Um, thank you for that, having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been, it's been wonderful, and I'm so glad that uh, Joel put us together. And yeah. and be careful. Be keep those kids inside. That's got to be so tough. Do you take them out at all? Sometimes, actually, you know what? They're not so bad. They're, they don't feel like they want to go outside, which is weird. Okay, all right. Just so stay inside. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Stay inside. Just stay inside. Okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Hunker Down podcast: conversations with actors and musicians about their lives on stage during a pandemic. If you have any questions or suggestions, please contact us at Upper West Side Radio at gmail.com. That's one word, Upper West Side Radio at gmail.com. We wash our hands for 20 seconds so that we live on instead of spreading this old virus and cause us to be gone. We need to keep on trucking hard for mankind to survive. So soap and wash and rinse and clean before our hands high five. Get in all those wrinkled crevices like a good Kev or Sheila. So we can toast in person soon with many shots of tequila. Ah, I'm so good. Hi. Um.